Hi and welcome to this episode of Dreamers and Doers where I interview people who follow their passion and use it to make the world better. And I think that's you, Nisa. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex, for inviting me to this amazing podcast and uh, really excited and uh, happy to share my experience. Cool. So to give a little bit of background, I met Nisa two weeks ago, actually, because mm-hmm. I did a Lomi Lomi Nui massage or bodywork training. And we'll talk about what this is. Uh, I was invited by my friend Zina. We spent a week in immersion doing massage. We'll explain uh, more what it is. But first, as usual with my guest, Nisa, I'd love to ask you how you got into uh, this Hawaiian type of massage into body work in general? Yes, uh, it's, uh, um, I came across uh, this uh, body work of uh, Hawaiian massage 20 years ago. I was at the time finishing my uh, university degree and I was at the time of my life when I would uh, suffer from a lot of pain, depression. I had kind of um, no idea uh, what my life is about, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 so um, I was looking for help. Basically, mm-hmm. I was in deep depression. I was going to some psych- psychotherapy, uh, and I came across a, a psychotherapist who was also Lomi Lomi Nui practitioner, and he was combining uh, psychotherapy with the Lomi, and I was receiving. Uh, I think about 20 sessions from him and it was tremendously transforming my life. I was coming up into uh, more feelings. I was more uh, into my body, more, uh, I just start feeling basically. And it was huge uh, transformation for me. And uh, I was fascinated. What is this? How come this 10 session of massage uh, can so deeply transform, transform my life. And, and there was a moment when I started questioning, uh, what is my life purpose? What I want to do? What is my life mission? So after university, I was still uh, continuing with um, corporate uh, work. Uh, I was graduating from engineering and then, and then being in corporate work. And after a few years in corporate work, um, I start already questioning that my real purpose on this planet, uh, because that discovery mm. of my soul and discovering of my body through the Lomi Lomi opened up. Uh, I think it was a moment when it opened up my uh, my spiritual quest and it opens up my uh, curiosity. What is really, um, uh, you know, longing of my soul and how I can manifest my soul into my body, into my mind, and just kind kind of like harmonize and uh, and combine this trinity body mind spirit into happy living basically and that was and that was a beginning for me 20 years ago yeah that's so beautiful yeah i got to experience this um it's interesting that you talk about therapy and and the massage like i've done a lot of meditation and i'm always interested in how the mind works uh, do you feel people forget a bit to take care of the body sometimes and focus too much just on the mind? Um, I, I think I, I think there is tendency that um, sometimes we go into uh, um, into the mind uh, or into the astral realms of our body 
kind of uh, going into upper world, under world, and, and going to deep, deep meditations. Um, and the reason for this is could be uh, disconnecting uh, from the physical body. So for me, it is always important to keep body, mind, and spirit together. So even in meditations like Vipassana, where is uh, uh, where you see it and you just observe, it's still anchored to the body, it's still anchored to our sensations, to the felt sense. Mm. So you, you basically not only uh, floating upward uh, into the astral world, not this, uh, without disso dissociation from your body, but you staying in the body. And the main reason for me is that our body remembers, our body remembers uh, all the trauma, our body remembers every uh, past experiences, and we have to stay within the body, within the felt sense, to really uh, be more aware about uh, our life. One second, sir. Please talk to Palina and Bizi right now, yeah? I, I will, I will finish in <laughs> 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're in Sorry. Bali at the moment for your next training, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Bali uh, in the for next training, and I had a friend who was fixing something with the internet. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that that always happens. Um, yeah. Let's go to yeah more about Lomi Lomi because so I did that training two weeks ago. I was attracted to it because I felt like um, yeah sometimes there can be a, a bit of disconnection from the body and from touching of other people. So in the past two years, I've become more uh, easy with touching with uh, even things like hugs so i feel it's really was really important for me to become more and more comfortable with touch touch is beautiful and and that's why i did this training which was amazing i actually gave my first session this morning and touch is very healing mm. i can feel it for myself also as i give it so what is lomi lomi nui uh, Lomi Lomi Nui is a uh, Hawaiian bodywork coming from uh, Polynesia. Um, was uh, performed by kahunas, shamans, on the special altar for hours or days. And basically it was designed to uh, really go deeper into our body, but connecting through the body to uh, elements of nature, connect through the body to the prayer, to the spirit, uh, because it includes a lot of intention each session starts from intention from the prayer and we bring uh, seven different elements like um, earth uh, sky uh, water plants uh, animals stones and human beings those seven elements in lomi lomi nui take a big part of the healing where we can start acknowledging that we are not separated what i mean by that that all in universe lives in our body. Our body is like a little, small, huge universe that um, we, represents everything that is in nature. And we cannot separate ourselves from nature. And, and lately we have been facing um, all these fires in Australia where, you know, where, where some species almost die, like koalas and, and, and millions of animals died. A lot of trees have been burned out. And so, and, and, and that will uh, be resulting in some ways uh, into the ecosystem, into our uh, body also, because that ecosystem we are all creating. So uh, I think it's very important in Lomi Lomi to acknowledge all these uh, life forces that are within us, but also 
there outside of us and taking care of those uh, resources that are within and outside and, and being aware that, that our loving uh, presence um, to all environments can tremendously impact our life and lives of others. And that uh, healthy living close, in close connection to the nature uh, can uh, impact our uh, happiness, our joy, mm. and, uh, and our life. So basically, Lomi is um, also a direct meaning of Lomi, Lomi Nui is Lomi means to stroke, to massage, to squeeze. So it's kind of massage. And Nui is the soft paw of the cat. So if you are a Lomi, Lomi Nui practitioner, you see that we're using this soft, nice forearm and the palm to stroke beautifully across the body to bring that soft and loving nourishment big part of lomi lomi nui is connecting to our heart to our compassion and our presence and transmit that presence and full acceptance and conditional love to our uh, clients to people who are receiving so it's a it's a deeply transformative not just because it brings the strokes and techniques but there is a full philosophy behind it there is full mm. lifestyle and and there is full spiritual background that we bring into um into uh the sessions thank you and we'll talk a little bit more about the philosophy and the lifestyle but just in terms of the work on the body in itself why do i feel so blissful after what happens to my body uh, what does it release what does it work on yes good question very good question um you know, our, our touch has tremendous uh, power uh, for many reasons. Touch can be used for body alignment, working with the tissue, with the fascia, with the myofascia, with the core muscles uh, to align the body, to bring areas of the body which are disaligned, tense and uh, immobilized. For example, uh, I notice very often in our society um, suffers from a lot of pains pain becomes like epidemic in our society more people suffering from uh, pain syndrome than heart attack or obesity so it becomes huge and so through the touch we impact the soft tissue we release um, the tension in the soft tissue maybe uh, sometimes in the shoulders or in the legs or pelvis and by releasing that tension we open up more um, fluidity in the body. We are in 70% of water and when that water uh, starts drying up, it creates uh, adhesions. It creates like, um, like, a, like a layers of muscles start gluing together and we become stiffer and the pain start contracting and the soft, soft tissue basically start contracting, pulling on the nerve ending, nociceptors, creating some pain. So this is the main thing. The other thing, when we are touched, our bodies start releasing oxytocin, dopamine, the feeling good uh, enzymes. Mm. So we are triggering all this chemical um, release in our body. So we feel good. So we feel bliss. We feel happy. Like you mentioned, why do I feel so happy after uh, <laughs> Because all this amazing, uh, you know, oxytocin running through our body. So we open, the body is flexible. Uh, and, and all the energy that now was stuck in the body that has been released through the touch is freely flowing through our core. 
Yeah, and our body is designed that energy is flowing. We're not stagnant. You can imagine a mm. pond and a lake or river. So the stagnant, what's happening in the pond, that water becomes stagnant, become muddy, become heavy. And, 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 and then versus the, you know, the stream or the lake where there's constant flow of the water, when water is clean, mm. crystal, flowing. And so this is a similar comparison. If, if, we, if we don't open up that energy for the body, if we have you know, wrong diet, if we don't move uh, our body, if we have a sitting lifestyle, that, that water in our body, that 70% of water become like a stagnant, muddy pond. Versus when we take care of our diet, when we have uh, healthy organic natural food, we drop sugar, we start moving, we start uh, receiving massage, it opens up all this flow and all these 30 trillion t uh, cells in our body now has, is, is flowing in this fluid, beautiful matrix and, and, and that brings a lot of happiness, a lot of joy in our life. So that's what, uh, in essence, that's what happens when we are massaging and, and mm. uh, receiving Lomi Lomi Nui. And I found that there was also, yeah, thanks so much. I found there was also a lot of um, release, like deep release, almost maybe trauma release. Or when you go to a session, um, people, including myself, in one session can feel anger going out or... Uh, and next minute an orgasm and next minute laughing hysterically um, and from the research I've done recently a lot of emotions they're not really in our, in our minds they, they are stored somewhere physically in the body so can you talk yeah. a little bit about how um, Lomi Lomi helps to actually release trauma too? yeah so as you mentioned very, very nicely that our body stores, our body remembers. So um, let's say in the childhood or somewhere in our life, we had a traumatic event. I don't know, car hit us or, you know, or somebody shouted at us or any sort of abuse. Uh, when our uh, sympathetic flight or fight is uh, activated in the, in the first stage of traumatic event and in the second stage when the... Um, external impulses are too strong to fight or flight, the, the parasympathetic freezes. And what it does, a tremendous amount of fear at this point implode into the soft tissue. And if that is not completed, released, uh, expressed, it becomes mm -hmm. emotions stored on our body also creating belts of tension. And we might be stored uh, all over the body, those belts of tension that is basically memory of trauma. So in Lomi Lomi Nui, what we're doing, we're working throughout the body and uh, we are opening the, that um, stuck uh, armor that was mm. created in traumatic event and that armor mm. starts melting down. And if we breathe in, into it, if we bring awareness to the felt sense, very often behind opening of that armor, there's tremendous amount of uh, feelings that has not been expressed in traumatic event in the past. So in the session now, those, all those feelings are available for the person to express. Uh, hence, you might see on the table people going into all sort of uh, feeling, uh, as you mentioned, anger, sadness, rage, uh, fear. So all those 
feelings, they're constantly running in our body, but due to disconnection, disassociation from traumatic event, we lost uh, connection to those feelings. And by releasing and expressing now those feelings, we are de-armoring our body again and mm. creating uh, much flow in our body so it becomes that stream, fluid stream again, not a stagnant muddy pond. So mm. that's in essence why there's so many feelings coming up because we opening body and the body wants to express through the movement, through the sound, through the breath, and of course through the emotion. So it's an integrated part of Lomi Lomi Nui to uh, invite and create a safety space for emotions to emerge. That's amazing. And I remember something you said also during the training, like an animal, if it gets a trauma, let's say you hit it a bit on the road, it will shake. Yeah. And that's the way they release the, the emotion and the trauma. And after the yeah. shaking, it's like, okay, I'm all good now. And <laughs> just live yeah, yeah. its life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, you can see it, yeah, exactly that, that way, yeah. And there's something I wanted to uh, chat on also talking about trauma. There's something in our society around touch, but also around sensuality, around being naked, or we can push it around sexuality, where there's a lot of um, conditioning about being really uncomfortable with all these. So what's interesting also with Lomi Lomi Nui is, of course, we're always respectful of what the person agrees and consents, but it's usually performed naked with just the genitals covered and it can be quite sensual. So for example, when I was on the table, sometimes I could get feeling a little bit of sexual energy coming of, of, of arousal. I could see the judgment I would have around this. So I thought it was really interesting to see how I was comfortable with uh, nakedness, with sensuality and even with, um, sexuality arise, arising even sometimes when it was for example uh, like men massaging me and i thought it was really interesting to process how i was looking at this um how do you feel lomi lomi maybe helps people with being more comfortable with things like uh touch being touched in a sometimes sensual way also being you know naked around people or almost naked and being comfortable even being um, aroused in an environment where it's it's um, non-sexual yes um, yes beautiful question again um, I think uh, I think there's a lot of shame in our society and, and I think that shame of uh, of nudity of sexuality of sensuality uh, comes from the religion uh, somehow, mm. for some reason, it was uh, kind of implemented in our in our society that um, that created shame. So we are not comfortable in our body because people who are ashamed of their body, they are disempowered because they are not feeling good in their own divine uh, temple. And so, uh, and so, uh, by uh, by having society which is a shame of their body it's much easier to to control it's much much easier to uh, implement uh, rules and obligations because people who are free from shame you might see that they are more free they're more independent they're more um you know uh, happy 
you know so mm. i i think a big part of that that whole concept is about uh, shame and and I, I see people get a lot of healing from shame for lomi lomi noi because um, because we're coming into very loving and acceptance space and that nudity that we bring in lomi lomi noi is a sacred space it's a sac sacred space where people can trust and surrender to the idea that they can be uh, touched or seen even in their in their nudity, and uh, and that brings tremendous amount of healing. And I have often uh, uh, people coming to the training and they share in the opening circle that uh, one of the reasons they are here because they want to you know um, transform or look deeper into where is this shame coming from and what is this shame for in my body. And of course, you know, we never touch genitals. It's not tantric mas massage. So we respect always uh, receivers' uh, boundaries about, uh, you know, covering the breast or uh, and never touching genitals. So, so we never go in these uh, areas. Uh, but still, it's um, about bringing that loving aloha presence to the receiver so they can feel and they can feel acknowledged in that nudity and the, and that amount of uh, healing that happens through that acknowledgement being seen with love and, and acceptance is tremendously um, healing so and another aspect that you mentioned about is that you know arousal or that sensual part of lomi that can be uh, can be triggering a lot of sensuality, even sexual arousal. So for me, uh, the way I see our energy is uh, flowing, you know, and that can result also in, in arousal. They can uh, um, result in some, uh, you know, uh, kind of, um, yeah, the feelings can, can come up in the session. And, and it's all about take present to it, bringing uh, Ika, the first principle, which is awareness, and just breathing into our arousal and, and observing that and, and, and stepping back, just being a watcher mm. of ourselves and stepping back from it and coming back to that pure essence and still being service from that unconditional love, no matter uh, what is also uh, happening in terms of our energetical flow in the session so that's that's um and that's beautiful because we we also in lomi lomi no go interpersonal so there's no anymore man woman because we both have insight uh inner feminine and even if you are man there is the there, there's feminine qualities and for women there's masculine qualities so in essence we are interpersonal beings and when we close eyes and we and 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 we feel that loving beautiful massage it doesn't matter for men or women it's interpersonal anymore and mm. th that's beautiful Lomi, that we don't anymore judge or oh, this is man this is woman uh, this is uh, white black uh, you know old young but we're going out of that conditional um box what we think about uh, sexuality what we think about touch and simply allowing ourselves to receive and um and and observe what's happening when mm. when we are uh, when we are receiving where we are receiving yeah and then, and as the person who gives the message right as you said you want to be a channel for unconditional love and you don't make it personal 
which I thought was really interesting. Well, first to get out of the way, and even that's interesting because from for me also at first when I understood I should be giving love, I was almost forcing it. You know, like imagining I am love and I'm sending all yeah, my love yeah, yeah, yeah. power to the person. And that's actually very personal and, ego, and coming from the ego, like I am love, you know, was well, just being yeah. a channel for love and being out of the way and making it really not um, like it's me, but just it flows through me, right? Yeah, yeah. So we touched quite a bit on the Hawaiian philosophy. Uh, do you want to chat a little bit about maybe how the, all the Lumi Lumi philosophy uh, you say it was way more than, you know, a massage. It's also a philosophy, a lifestyle. Can you talk about how this, in, like a little bit about the principles maybe and how this inspired you to live a better life? Because as you said, which is the seventh principle, effectiveness is the measure of truth, which is a principle I loved. So yeah, what, what is that philosophy? Yes, Pono, beautiful. Effectiveness is a measure of truth. So that, that Hawaiian philosophy uh, and Huna principles that comes in Lomi Lomi, for me, is a life, life map. For me, it's, a, it's a seven major principles that I use every day to align my body to live my full potential, to align my body to feel with joy, happiness, uh, health, and share it with, uh, with the world. And so these seven principles, um, really I was, I was looking for a map uh, many years ago when I moved to India, I was traveling around India, um, America, Thailand, uh, Bali, and, and I was you know, doing a lot of different research and studies on different uh, modalities or different spiritual um, approaches and always kind of looking lo looking for my trying to make it uh, make a sense for me and the moment i came across that modality uh, of uh, seven principles from huna it started making total sense and somehow that map is is guiding my life yeah and so so there's different different mod uh, principles like uh, first one is ike about awareness and uh, I'm, I will try to put it like really short because I could talk for, for another probably uh, an hour about this. Uh, but, um, you know, awareness is all about our belief system, the, how we see the world, you know, glass half full or half empty. So it's all about bringing that awareness to what we think, what we do, how we act, bringing responsibility for our life, not blaming anymore. They did it to me. It happened to me. But just basically, uh, I, I am responsible. And it's all about I am statement. Uh, the second one is Kala and it's freedom. And it's about oneness with universe. I was talking about it a little bit before when we not separated everything what's inside our body is also outside of our body. All the nature, all the universe is represented by, by, um, by what's inside. And then when we understand that freedom, when we understand that energetical concept that everything is energy and nothing is separated you know this aka cords that we all connected all humanity is somehow uh, connected and living in this symbiotic uh, balance with all the universe we start understanding that my actions um, uh, uh, have a kind of domino effect to almost whole world 
So um, bringing that freedom is tremendously important for me to uh, see that there's, there's no limits. Everything that happens in my reality is because I have certain, um, uh, you know, limitation over something or I can look on things with more open and infinite possibilities mindset. And the third one is Makia, which is focusing. And uh, whatever we focus in, we bring into our uh, manifestation. So that's a powerful one that was uh, talked a lot in the movie, The Secret, where we focus our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, and our actions. So we have 20,000 thoughts every day. And each thought is an atom that has possibility to, to create our reality. So if we start paying attention to what we thinking, what we're saying, what we're doing, um, what we're feeling, we start uh, focusing on things that are important to have that clear uh, vision or life mission and then aligning our, our life, aligning our action to focus on those things that are important for us. And then we have Manava, which is presence, a beautiful one. And now is the moment of power. So everything that happens in this moment is what we're creating. We tend to go into the past or the future and, and uh, hanging in those spaces, really losing that powerful connection, which is here and now, that creates actually our future. Because if here and now, I focus on my joy and my happiness, on my presence, on, on abundance, on creating beautiful things right now. What's going to be my future like? It's going to bring more of those qualities that I'm focusing right now. If I am in the state of depression, if I'm in the state of um, uh, you know, moaning and complaining right now in this moment, what's going to be my future like? Most likely, I will have difficulty to create my passionate and, and full of joy life because what I'm focusing on in this moment here now are kind of negative thoughts negative feelings so bringing that awareness to here and now is a powerful place that actually creates it all and then we have of course aloha the fifth one which is um, to love is to be happy with in Hawaiian means that love is the major quality to be happy we cannot be uh, happy without love and the opposite of that is fear. So every moment I catch myself into fears in my life, first I observe the sensations of the fear, checking, okay, what's this fear about? Is that real right now? And most likely it is the fear that is illusion, the fear that is nothing to worry about. It's something that I carry on from the past. And by understanding that in the present moment, I shift that fear and come back to my heart, maybe do some exercises like breathing, a little bit of breathing of movement to move my body and come out of that contraction of the fear and bring the, the sensations of love, maybe putting hands on my heart, taking a few deep breaths and checking, okay, well, how is my heart today? Ah, ah, beautiful. And then, and then from that space, I can start expanding my heart space and, and moving into the loving presence. And then the sixth one is mana, uh, which is uh, inner strength. So what I mean by that is that we tend to give away our power 
by uh, blaming others, by blaming our past, by blaming our parents, by blaming this or that, by blaming our um, society, place we were born, uh, our genetical conditioning, and all sort of things by saying, you did it to me, it happened to me, you know, and all these moments is where we take this power away from ourselves. And mana is how we can bring consciousness and say, I am master of my universe. I am master of my feelings, of my emotions, of my actions, and uh, check where I give that power away and bring that power to I am statement, basically, I am. And that's where we bring that power into uh, ourselves and we can live more fulfilled life. The difficulty why people give a power away because being in this empowered state brings a lot of vulnerability because we take responsibility in this space for our feelings. So how we can now be vulnerable, for example, sometimes to show our sadness or express our rage or anger or ecstasy even. Like people feel guilty when they feel ecstatic or blissful. How weird is that? When all society should be proud of humans who are happy, joyful, blissful, we should like emphasize, put them on pedestal. And what, what happens? No, we push those qualities down. We, we somehow society tends to neglect those people. It's afraid of those people. So when we are in this state, we sometimes go and feel, oh, I cannot feel bliss. What did we say for it, about it? So, so mana is all about it taking responsibility, showing up with myself without guilt and without shame and showing this is me and I don't really care what you say about me because this is my life. And if you cannot accept my bliss, then live your life your way, you know, and, and, and I will live my life my way. And then uh, last one, you mentioned already, is uh, Pono, which is wisdom, effectiveness is a measure of truth. So there's no one dogmatic truth. Each one of us is finding their way for life, is finding their way for wisdom, for love, for compassion, uh, for our feelings. And we cannot say this is one way or the other. When we bring love and awareness and we bring happiness to our life, there's as many ways to, to be in this state as human beings. So each one of us has different uh, ways to do it. And, and that's beautiful because it gives that acceptance for our differences. Yeah, we tend to feel like everybody should do our way because we figured it out. So you have to do it. Mm -hmm. And we sometimes coach people, you know, if you want to be happy, you have to do point one, two, three, four, you're going to be happy. How we can do that? It's impossible. We are in different place in life, in different um ways of our understanding uh, of spiritual growth and and so we have to take it all into consideration that each one of us will have different uh, ways to go, get there different uh, pace to get there and and so that is a beautiful way to say you are divine and i am divine and we are both okay so those are seven major principles that I love bringing to my life. If I go through some difficulties in life, I close my eyes for a moment. I connect to all seven principles and I look, okay, what, what in this moment I can adjust and which principle I can use to go back to my essence and live my, uh, my, my, you know, my full potential. Yeah, these are so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I love how... That's something I've been pondering quite a bit and I love how it's put simply but really effectively 
Um, when you think about mana, so it's, it's, it's like that inner strength of taking responsibility for uh, manifestation, right? In Kala, you said you manifest your life, your life. You have that uh, freedom. And that's where I came up like the past two years looking a lot, like seeking for the truth in a way that's a bit where I landed. It's, well, the truth is that I can manifest my world, is that I create meaning for life. So in the end, is the world a violent place or is the world a beautiful place? Well, they're both true, right? I can choose, if I choose that the world is gonna be a violent and terrible place, I'm right, it's gonna manifest like this. If I choose that it's a beautiful place and um, like a beautiful festival almost where everyone have, have fun, well, that's the reality I'm going to create and that's going to be true too. So then which one do I choose? Well, I'll choose the one where I'm happy, where I feel good, right? And that becomes my choice. It's the one that's uh, effective. So yeah, that, that really spoke to me in a way, instead of searching for truth, almost cre creating what's going to work for me. And this becomes my truth. And it be because different ways can be truth. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's beautiful what you said that they're both truth actually work is yeah. beautiful and in the same time there's a lot of abuse in the world yeah. and, and that also exists too so for me the way i see it i see world as a beautiful place and I, and i act from that space but acknowledging also all the abuse but for me i don't like going into usually when uh, when i have somebody going into some philosophical dispute with me about it I don't like talking about it because there's no point to talk about it. What, what is the point is to make an action. If, if you feel like mm. world is not a good place, then fix it. You know, if there is a fires around you, go uh, get your shit together and go help in this fire. Mm. If you feel there is, you know, poverty, go and help poor people, but do action. Don't talk about it. We, we tend to talk about things. And of course it's beautiful. We can, we can bring that philosophical wisdom, but talking won't change anything. And the more we talk about some things, actually, we emphasize those qualities. So if we talk about poverty, if we talk about that abuse, we're going to emphasize. So why don't we just acknowledge, yes, those qualities exist, and why, how we can connect, how we can gather our community and make an mm -hmm. action to help this and uh, you know this situation without just going too much into philosophical so so mm. uh, yes i see also part of the world that needs helping and whenever i feel possibility whenever i i feel how i can contribute to that and i have a clear um, clear action plan for it i i really love to um, to to acknowledge what we have to do to change Mm. the world to be even better place and then you have all the beautiful things that we can see in the world like you know you you here in bali and you see a lot of beautiful spiritual community that 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 meditate uh that you know bring that awareness of um of how we can live also sustainable life uh, using natural uh you know powers, uh, you know, electrical powers or wind powers and how we can create mm. all this, uh, this uh, positive impact on the world. So, yeah, that's, yeah. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing. And that could be another very long discussion. I've been pondering a little bit recently and it's hard to, to find uh, the answer about how much I want to put my focus on the positive and, and um, because it creates my reality in a way. At the same time, acknowledging that there is suffering, acknowledging that we want to put place a little bit of awareness on things we want to change and not completely, you know, uh, not see it, but maybe that balance on being aware. But as you said, being aware, and if you can help, do it, and that's great. But if you're not taking action, there's no point focusing too much yeah. on it. Yeah. Tricky and, balance. And I think the most, the most we can help the world if we come to our full potential. If we connect with our love, if we start overflowing with that love, and, and that can be the most transformative things that we can do to the world. Because mm. when we live in the state of our full potential, all we can do is good to the world. If you are happy, fulfilled, and with, uh, aligned with your uh, vision, helping others, supporting others, all you think of how you can support it. You don't think about how you can destroy it. You think about creative ways to bring more beauty, beauty in the world. Mm. Plus, by sharing and overflowing with this, with this love and with your energy, you, you have more energy to support others. If you are in a state of depression or you see things all the time in positive colors, how you can find yourself in, in a state to help others? Like, yeah. it's impossible. So I think our responsibility is is to align ourselves with our heart in the first place and share that with the world. And this is the biggest gift we can, we can do to make the world a better place, I think. 100%, I agree. That's why I'm, I'm more focusing on raising consciousness. And I feel that then when people are happier, more conscious, it, it waterfalls on helping the environment, helping other people, helping the planet and animals totally. and, and, and all of this. I have a last question. Um, quickly before we wrap it up, Nisa, which I like to ask, what's the impact you want to have in the world? Um, I think I want to continue what I'm doing because uh, it gives me a lot of fulfillment. And, and, I, and I think uh, uh, the impact I do on others is I inspire others to uh, come out of their fear and and find their passion find their uh, love what they love doing uh, come back to uh, their bodies open up for love for for compassion and this is what i'm doing for last 11 years and i and i just want to have strength and uh and and health to keep on keep on continuing and impacting others to finding their mission and being more healthy, more joyful, and more happy and abundant in this planet because we have unlimited possibilities to be, do, and, and feel whatever we want and create anything that we just imagine. So dreaming, dream big, act, and uh, fulfill your mission is what I want to inspire others, what I discover in my life. And, uh, and this is the impact I want to leave, the, the legacy I want to leave at the moment. Mm. By my own example, walking my talk um, and, and, and showing up for my community, showing up for my family with, with more awareness and, and more love and, and, and presence. And you definitely inspired me. Thank you so much, Nisa. 
maybe even a, a last word on this, which I'm always interested on top of the knowledge you've already shared on people who follow their passion and make a living. You know, um, I, I vibe for people doing what they love and making a living, even making a lot of money doing what they love. I think it's great. So do you want to talk a little bit quickly how you built your life around doing what you love when some people feel they have to get a corporate job or their university degree? Yes. Because, it's a, it's you're, because you're traveling around the world doing what you love. Yeah. That's an epic life. Yeah. Like you were in Australia and you just flew to Bali to give a new training. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, my life is epic. I'm very happy about it. And I think the uh, biggest change happened in my life um, when I changed belief system that I have to work hard, uh, not enjoy my work and make good money, but, but by working hard. And that was happening after I finished, graduated from my university, working for big international corporation in England, making very good uh, money, but being, uh, you know, exhausted, being not happy, being drawn, my, uh, just not enjoying. And, and then quitting that, going to India and start discovering uh, that massage and body work and working with people is something that I'm very passionate about. And first years were very, very difficult in terms of finances because I was still lingering to this idea that you cannot charge for what you love doing. Like how you can do what you love doing and charge, uh, charge ask for, for money, for, for gratification. And, and uh, I worked with this concept over a few years and, uh, and then something shifted around 2012, I think. And the moment it shifted, uh, it started flowing. And, and I think it's a mindset that now uh, is that I have the feeling that I am abundance, basically. I am abundance and I love sharing and um, money, income uh, and, and, uh, and material abundance because this is one part of abundance uh, flows. And I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, at the moment, financially uh, very fulfilled, and um, and I don't feel guilty about making great money uh, teaching spirituality because that's another concept many people have that I cannot be uh, wealthy if I am spiritual. Yeah, and it comes also from religious conditioning that priests, you know, or or monks live in the cave and they have to suffer and they have to kind of uh, let go of this of this material part of the world. No, for me, spirituality is part of it is part of how we can live uh, the, uh, the abandoned and, and material life fulfilled because why not? It's a beautiful to be abandoned and, and, and afford whatever we want. And, and I feel this is all in mind. Again, Ike, our belief yeah. system around money and material uh, goods. <laughs> yeah, don't, so don't get this. <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, so if we change that, so first of all, it's best to look, okay, what do I believe about money? Make a list. I would invite you today maybe to make mm. a list. Uh, uh, what do I believe about, you know, yeah. my money? And then this is the first step. And then when we start realizing what, what limits our belief system, then how we can change it. Yeah. And again, that's another big conversation. I have a, a couple of podcasts about money mindset and we're running this because again, like, yeah, don't get me started on this. I completely vibe yeah, yeah, yeah. with that. So thank you so much, Nisa. What, um, how can people follow you? 
thank you, Alex. Uh, the best, I think, is Instagram, which is uh, my account called Nisarga8. Uh, on uh, Facebook, you can find uh, my fan page as uh, er Nisarga Eric Dobosz. And then you can follow me. I have two schools. One is in Poland called uh, Integral Body Institute. Uh, which you can find in social media. And I have another school in Estonia, which is called Body Awareness Institute. And it's all schools that are uh, promoting a healthy lifestyle through body work, breath work and meditation. So check it out and find me. I'll be happy to meet you and talk to you. Thank you so much, Nisa. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. Aloha. Hey. Aloha. And thank you to Aloha. the listener. <laughs>